0: Father, we just come before you, Lord. We lift this morning up to you, Father. I pray that you would just speak to our hearts, that we would learn to listen to you. Father, that we would learn to obey. Father, that we would always be before you. Father, fill us with your love overflowing for others. Help us to not sit down on the inside, not um, ignore your prompting. Father, we pray that we would boldly stand and do your will in our lives father we are grateful you are so faithful so loving and you are a just god and we thank you for all those things i thank you this morning for what our lesson is that you've taught us out of it i pray for the fellowship that we have in our groups could that you would mold and make us and join us together father i pray that you would just bless the food bless the women who brought the food Bless it to the use of our bodies, that you would just be over everything this morning. We lift this up to you, and we pray that you just do a mighty work in our hearts. We pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I was up in the middle of the night with allergies, so I'm going to try to... Hopefully I have my voice, and hopefully my nose doesn't run through the whole thing, but excuse me if it does. So, okay, so we start with, therefore, turn to First uh, Peter 2... 13 um, through 25. So it starts, therefore, again. And um, that means that we go back to... Let's go back to 11 and 12. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from f- fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe... Glorify God in the day of visitation. So, last study, Bridget said, there should be action be behind your belief. So, so far, studying Peter, he has taught about salvation, then sanctification, and now he's switching gears to talk about submission. So, this is the first part, and the second part is when we come back in January. So, we have some work to do over the holidays. And then come back in January for the second part. It'll be, it'll be nice. And it's always nice to return and get back to the study after the holidays. But we can put, in the, put into practice what we're learning. So First Peter 13 through 17. Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors. As to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, or for the praise of those who do good for this is the will of god that by doing good you may put silence the ignorance of foolish men as free yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice but as bond servants of god honor all people love the brotherhood fear god honor the king so this was rule, written when the roman empire ruled Peter is recognizing here their authority. But let us not forget this was, a de, was not a democracy. They were not kind Christians at all. Um, this was when Caesar Nero ruled, and he made a spectacle and a sport out of killing Christians. Half of the Roman Empire were slaves, approximately 60 million people. So this is what Peter is speaking to when he's speaking to about being in slave, slavery. Peter and Paul, through the whole New Testament, tell us to obey authority. The Jews thought it unlawful to obey Roman rule because they were not Jewish. But Peter here is telling them to obey. They thought Jesus came to free them from slavery. We so many times think, think that Jesus is to come and change our circumstances for us and to free us from where we are. But we are taught here that Jesus gives us peace in our circumstances and we must learn to submit. An ordinance is a law set forth by the governmental authority. How does this apply to us now? We are to submit to our government and the examples that I want you to think about are, do we obey the laws of the land as long as they don't go against what God has told us in the word. One example is, yes, abortion is legal these days, but the law goes against what God has told us concerning the value of life. Our tax dollars are going towards abortion, and this is a really hard issue to deal with. A big struggle is not cheating the government when you pay your taxes. That's, you know, it's a hard thing to deal with. Remember Jesus said, rem- Render to Caesar what is Caesar's. It is getting harder and harder as our government becomes more ungodly. Peter tells us to submit for the Lord's sake. God is a just God. He loves us. And we know that many are blessed with abundance and they will have to answer in the end for what they did with that that abundance. We trust that the Lord has put authority over us, but we do not just go blindly and obey that that authority. Peter and John were told to keep quiet in Acts 4. They did not, and they obeyed the Lord. We have dual citizenship. Our home is in heaven, but our home is here for now. We have to obey the laws of the land unless they are in direct conflict with what God has told us. God's law supersedes the law of man. We do have rights that many do not have. We can change the law by getting out to vote. It's a right, a privilege, and a duty. Don't complain about abortion abortion being legal if you don't go out and vote for that person who stands with you. We live in a free country. We need to stand up, vote, and keep it that way. My earring is messing with this, and it won't let it go behind my ear. There we go it just is hanging on it as we learned last time we are witness to others by our conduct if we are cheating the government or disobeying the laws of the land how are we a witness to others then we lose our witness so i have a christian license plate and it's always around me to think that I'm speeding i'm you know i got a ticket for a red light i ran a red light so i need to think of my witness when i'm driving my car because i have scripture right on the back of it so think of that that's we really need to think about what laws we're obeying pete well you know those things that people see that we should be obeying the law peter insists here that the rulers were sent by god our country was established And based on godly principles that our government enforced justice and that evil is punished. It is frustrating to see that this is changing at a fast pace. We are now seeing what happens with a lack of punishment. Sinful man takes advantage of that lack. We are definitely living in the time of Isaiah 520, where he says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. We are definitely living in that time that good is seen as evil. And it's frustrating. It's hard. It's like watching the news. You've got to just a little bit to know what's going on, but no, not so much that it drags you down. More than ever, we need to be steadfast. Our con- conduct is our witness in a fallen world. Those who It's evidence to those who never read the Bible. They're never in the Word. Um, and our lives, it is by doing good that they, we may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. We are warned not to take that liberty we have in Christ as an excuse for sin, but, but obedience shows our love for God. Peter gives us four honorable precepts. Honor all people, whether rich or poor, nice or mean, good or wicked, vaccinated or unvaccinated. We are to be respectful to all. Love especially those in the fellowship, fear God, and honor the King. So Romans 13:1 through2 says, "Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore whoever risks the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves." So that's Romans 13:1 through2. So let's go on to First Peter. 2:18 through 20 Servants be submissive to your masters with all fear not only to the good and gentle but also to the harsh for this is commendable if because of conscience toward God one endures grief suffer suffering wrongfully for what credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults you take it patiently but when you are good to suffer if you take it patiently, this is commendable for God, before God. When we are a child of God, we are to be submissive to those above us, whether it is our boss at work or for, to our husband. God puts Whoever God puts over you in authority, you are to submit to, to both the nice and the harsh. This is comparing suffering when we do wrong compared to when we have done nothing wrong that is when it's commendable to God. It is getting harder and harder to stand up for what the Bible says about marriage, be- being between one man and one woman. From Genesis two twenty four. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Standing on a principle does not mean that you hate someone. And I've been told this by a close family member that said, You hate, you hate gays. And I said, I don't hate gays. I'm standing on the principle that God has taught, and we need to keep our witness there. Um, but that is how it's being portrayed these days, and they 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 portray us as haters. Society is trying to pose this as a norm, and it's not the norm. With God, it's not right. There's no excuse. We will have to all make a stand for what God says on the matter. Because the law is changing, we will not be on the right side of the law at some point. Some scriptures to give us peace as the world grows darker. Psalm 34:14, Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Proverbs 15:3, The eyes of the Lord are in every place. Keeping watch on the evil and the good. Ecclesiastes twelve fourteen, For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. And this is where we find our peace in the word. Who has had a harsh, harsh boss in their life? See, a lot of us have. I had one when I was a very young Christian. I was 23 years old and she was really mean. She was an atheist. And uh, she would play really horrible music, ungodly music, really loud in our workplace, just to torment me. She on the we- right before the weekend, she would load me up with all this work, knowing that I would then not be able to take the weekend off. She told me um, that the only way to get anywhere with people and our vendors was that I had to scream at them. And she would sit there when I was talking to my vendors and she would sit there telling me I had a scream. I showed her that I got more with being nice. I stood up and I didn't change. Um, so um, I learned to work her, tax, her tactics to my advantage and God was with me through this whole thing. Um, I learned through it. And when I left there, I weighed 102 pounds I had cried so much, and I was so worn out. When I left after six months, I was done. But God taught me that he taught me how I... I learned how I wanted to treat people with work. I learned that you do get more by being nice, and in in certain types of businesses, people are gruff, and I did not want to be that way. So I learned a lot out of it. Um, God used my experiences for my benefit. I learned that I wanted to to be nice. I, I wanted to look for other Christians for support, and that was really important. I learned to keep God as a priority. I didn't skip church on Sunday when I had too much work. I learned that I did better when I went to church, and then, yes, I did go to work. <laughs> but I learned you put God first, no matter much how much you have on your plate. Um, so I learned to stand up for myself in different difficult situations with grace and with my witness intact our example for this is christ let's go on to uh uh second uh second i'm i'll read the whole uh verse uh, first peter 2 21 through 25 for to this you were called because christ also suffered for us leaving us an example that you should follow his steps who committed no sin Nor was deceit found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to who judges righteously. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls." Jesus is always our example. He suffered for us, not for any wrong that he had done. And he left us an example to live by. How many times when we are wrong, do we try to defend ourselves? We seek justice, and justice, God says justice is his. We give a quick reply and then later think, oh my gosh, why did I say that? Think in contrast to the suffering Peter saw Jesus go through from the garden to the cross compared to when he was in the courtyard and when he was confronted as being one of Jesus' followers. He answered the accusations by swearing and denial. I can only imagine the remorse he had from this. And this is his answer. He points us to Jesus as the example to follow in his steps, not to revile when we are reviled. Revile means abusive language. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. He trusted the Father through the whole process. Do we trust the Father when it comes down to it? When we trust, we obey. We don't have to trust those over us. we don't have to trust those over us we have to trust the Lord so but you have to realize God put that person over you and if you trust in the Lord that's all that matters it's focusing on the Lord through anything so you have to remember God put that person over you and trusting Him carries you through to that obedience. Jesus bore our sins on the cross. He carried that weight and penalty of sin. With how horrible crucifixion is, think of him carrying the sins of the world and think of the gravity that that is. It's just when you think about it, it it is just incredible what he did for us. And this all that he had never sinned, it shows us that our suffering can also be used for God. Reminds us that we too, having died to our sins, might live for righteousness. Paul reminds us in Romans 6, 6 through 18, and I'm going to read this out of the NLT version. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with Him. We are sure of this because Christ has been raised from the dead and he will never die again death no longer has any power over him when he died he died once to break the power of sin but now that he lives he lives for the glory of god so you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to god through jesus christ do not let sin control the way you live do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourself completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin no longer is is your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you leave, live. Under the freedom of God's grace. Well, then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God, once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey Hit this teaching we have given you. And finally in 18, now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. I have thought the whole verse, the whole chapter of Romans 6 is excellent. So go back and read the whole verse together, the whole chapter. We are going to serve something. We are going to make something the master in our life. We all have battles. It's what, whatever occupies your thoughts. What is the center of your world? Let me ask. Can you leave the house without your phone? Do you drive back for it? Can you leave the room without your phone? And that's something that is very hard. We gave up our home phone when we moved, and I have no home phone. People call me all day long. They text me and they go, where are you? I don't carry my phone around without me. But I'll admit that when you get on it, you can be on it for hours. So I've set my screen time. I look at it, and I make sure that I'm not on my phone a lot because it can completely take over your life if you let it so it seriously controls us and deadens us to the world around us it is just as addictive of alcohol as alcohol drugs and uh, gambling anything that controls you is your master are we listening to the lord all day or do we put him in a box we've spent our quiet time and that's it We don't listen to him the rest of the day. Or are we replacing him all together? We don't have time for him at all. Something to look at and think about. How many times are we told to do something by the Lord and then we ask why? Then we bargain. Then we argue. Then we ask, is this really you, Lord? But it comes down to one thing. Do we trust him? We can argue all day long. Was it the Lord? But in reality, we know it was. How do we know it was the Lord? Pastor Jim spoke on this um, at last month. He said it's by the Holy Spirit. Are you moving in the Spirit? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to move in your life? Are we available to God? What does he want us to do? It's dying to self, dying to sin, to get right with the Holy Spirit, what he, what he wants to do and use us for. When we have the Holy Spirit, then we know we have God's prompting, his wisdom, discernment. Each time you do his will, his voice becomes more familiar and more apparent, and you start to know that it's the Lord. But are we willing to listen and yield? Think of it as a path in front of you. You can go to the left or you can go to the right. You can choose to obey the Lord or disobey the Lord. Um, When you're prompted to do something, the Lord's gracious. When we choose no, he gives us another chance to obey. But that moment, that chance is gone. But it's always better to say yes. I can look back at the times that the Lord prompted my heart. The times that I said no are with sadness and regret. The times I obeyed are with joy and remembrance of his blessing, the outcome that came out of it knowing that I did his will. We are blessed when we are we obey him. Sometimes it's immediate, and then other times we look back and we can see it. Recently, I was given that chance, and everything in me was screaming no. I have not had the best interaction with my daughter-in-law's mother. We're very different people. We've had some things that happened during the wedding, and... In all honesty, she's a little scary. So I have a hard time when she says things, and she's just that blunt person. I take it very personally. So I have a hard time just not saying something back to her, but just being very nice back. So I've had moments that are not my shining moments as Christian, but through the wedding, it was a little stressful. But I've learned to be around her and be gracious. So, um... I joined Norwex, not to sell it, just because I'm allergic to everything and I use it in my house. So my daughter-in-law goes, let's have a party. I'll have a party for you. And I go, oh, okay, good. It'll pay for my starter pack. I'm all for that. Well, she invited her family. So she invited her mother. So her mother's over in my house. And the Lord said to me, it was so funny. Uh, she signed up to do a party for her daughter. So... Um, <sighs> The Lord told me, it was so funny, you give a gift to people. And the Lord told me to give her something that I thought was special and I was saving for somebody. (laughs) So, you know, our title is, you want me to do what? I was like, you want me to do what? I'm not doing that. So I go back and I'm trying to get something else. And the Lord tells me to give her what I didn't want to give her. So I obey. I gave it to her. And she was so thrilled to have it. It was so sweet. And I don't know the outcome. I don't know if it'll change anything. But think of that moment. If I had disobeyed the Lord, I would not be happy. You know? And who knows what God is going to do with that. So um, I'm grateful that I obeyed. Um, We'll see. But there's always... And think of... Oh, here goes my nose. Um, (laughs) So... There's times, though, also, you have to think about it, that the Lord will tell you to say something or do something, and you go, oh, Lord, don't make me do that. Don't, I don't want to look foolish. And I had one of those times Are and I won't tell you the whole story, my son's dog was lost out in the woods in Tennessee. And at two weeks, we saw that she was alive and everything, she was out there. Well, at two weeks, I start praying, and I got a bunch of women to pray with me. That we would get her back, that he would catch her, well, the Lord, when I was praying, said four months, and I went, oh my gosh, she can 't survive for four months. I thought that 's impossible, So I changed my prayers, and I knew it was the Lord. He every time I prayed for that dog, four months, four months, four months, so I started praying and telling the gals, pray for her to be sustained, her to be protected, you know her to be safe, you know all these things so Month by month goes by. We see her, we fast, pray, see her. And at four months, I was going, and God also told me I had to tell people. And I was like, I don't want to be the crazy lady who tells these weird things. (laughs) I told a non-Christian and she laughed at me. And I told other people, I told my son. I mean, I told other people. So we hit four months and we don't find her. So I was like, okay, Lord, I look stupid. And it was funny because it wasn't about me looking stupid. It was about that obedience to Him. And it was so cool because I scheduled a trip. I went back there. I thought we'd catch her that weekend. It was four months. And I flew home and I was like, so, so disappointed that it wasn't four months. It was four months, five days. So a woman called me. She had her in her backyard. And I was able to call my son. He went to her house and got her four months, five days. And the incredible thing about that is this woman came back to me and said, do you remember what you said, Kim? Four months. She said, it's four months. So it was such a witness. And here I stepped out and obeyed God. So we need to listen to that still small faith voice in our head we need to do what he says we also need to make sure that was the lord because i'll tell you you speak and it's not the lord he kind of takes you down a notch so be sure it's the lord but listen learn to listen to that still small voice remember for we were like sheep going astray but now we have returned to the shepherd and overseer of our souls he is a trusty overseer worthy of our attention and our submission. So remember to to apply listening to the Lord and have fun in your groups. Thank you, ladies.